guys. Welcome back to Book Talk Made Me, the podcast where we talk about all your favorite books from Book Talk. I'm Caitlin, joined by my hosts, Bridget and Hilda. Hi. Hi. And today we're getting into not one, not two, but part three of Zodiac Academy's Heartless Sky. Now, you know us, we've been recapping all of the books, books one through six, up until this point, and preparation for the eighth book coming out at the end of this year. I almost said month. I wish. But, you know, we were very optimistic and we thought we can definitely just cram Heartless Sky into two parts. We thought wrong. So we're back at it with part three. Now, part three kicks us off. I'd say it as the emotional trauma side of the book, which, you know, we like to joke that it's every book they write. But truthfully, what, like the last 15, 20% was what this is covering, Hilda? Yeah, it's like the last 20% of the book. And it's really, it's the last 10% that just shoves the knife into your gut and like pulls it out up through your throat and <laughs> basically <laughs> just finishes you so off. Graphic, but yeah. Tilda, our wordsmith. <laughs> it's basically like what in the emotional trauma am I reading? <laughs> this it point? murdered your puppy. What in the emotional trauma? Please what coin in that. The emotional trauma is happening. So a lot of people in this book, now if you guys aren't in it, I highly recommend you getting in Caroline Peckham and Suzanne Valenti's Reading Tribe, which is their Facebook group. And a lot of the posts talk about Zodiac Academy. They also talk about Ruthless Boys and their other series. But it's a really good place to come back to, especially having just finished this book. Having a soundboard and a group of people who are also like, what? What just happened? It's nice. So I say this, if you're not in it, go check it out. Go sign up and you'll probably find all three of us there. Yep. And also the chatter before the new book drops is usually amazing. Mm-hmm. So all good things to come out of that group chat other than the heartbreak. So yeah, Caroline posted another TikTok today. I guess they ended their summer holiday and they're back to writing book eight. Their um, office was super cute. I was like, damn girl. It's adorable. And so anyways, I'm going to start stalking her TikTok now all the time just to see what she publishes about book eight because that's what I did when I was waiting for them to publish book seven. Now you the the TikTok you sent me was you know enlightening for a couple purposes. They're super cute. She was like full on getting ready to just go sit and write the office which I thought was really cute but my big takeaway is that she's not they're not done writing ZA book eight. (laughs) They're never done early. They usually wait until like the very last second. Like I think ZA7 was pushed back a little bit or something like that. Like it wasn't finished when they thought it was going to be finished, but they still had enough time before it went out because I think the arcs went out late. I feel like, girls, you're cutting it close. Hilda's yeah, like, that's not factual. The- no, they live on the edge. That was one of the comments that they've had is that they were going to switch up their writing style this year and like write more in advance so then they can release the audio book. So get that recorded while at the same time that like the hard book and the Uh, digital copies go out. I know that they already had one delay this year, which I think had to do with their Sinners Playground series, but it was only delayed by like a week and a half or something. So I'm really hoping though that they don't delay Heartless Sky because then they really will be ruining Christmas. Especially, I I was going to say, do you think they'll release it the week of Christmas and really fuck us all over or wait until after the holidays? If they... You see, if they wait until after the holidays, they will ruin Christmas because I'm expecting a happy ending. I know that I'm optimistic about this, Bridget. I can't get you on board with that optimism. I'm sure there will be like the last couple of pages, but I do not trust them enough to give us something at 80-90%. I feel like they might just drag it on till the very last end and then suddenly solve the world's problems in like the last 10 pages. They can't because they have to give us smut. How are we going to get smut 
if nobody's together. Look, man, that's think a about fair it. point, Hilda. Think about it. Um, I do enjoy you that. See, point. they were able to defy the stars and have sex in that middle of the mountains. So I'm sure if where there's a will, there is a way. And where there's a willy, those- there's a way. <laughs> And with those two willies that we know, there's definitely a way. It's like what happened after we read Glow and What's-Their-Faces. Oren and Rip are nowhere near each other, as far as we know. Raven Kennedy can't take forever to get them back together, because then we're not going to have any smut. And, like, smut is at the core of why we read these books. This is and true. Raven Kennedy did make us wait a long time to get there. Yeah, she- so, like, now that she giveth us the dirty talking, she can't take it away. Exactly. So anyways, I trust in Suzanne and Caroline. I believe that they will figure it out and they will give us an ending that is wonderful that includes a very terrible death for Lionel. Anyways, I don't want to get into- Well, you know, my life motto motto over here is like, hope for the best, prepare for the worst, and I'm just preparing for the worst. And then maybe halfway through the book, I'll start hoping for the best. That's valid. The eternal optimist and I always can hope for the best. But what's not the best is what Hilda's going to take us through through right now. So let's get started. Let's get into it. (laughs) Let's get into it. But before we get into it, if you joined us for the last podcast episode, you may have remembered that we were happily drinking and today we're stone cold sober. Yeah. So we have nothing to numb the pain. So you're with us. Yeah. I definitely partied a little too hard this Labor Day weekend. (laughs) <laughs> detox actually started today and yeah she went out on a bang for the summer all right i did okay so now let's get into it do we okay. all have to repeat that let's get into it three two one let's, let's get, get into, into it, it. <laughs> we're so bad please <laughs> cut that out of the audio to cut I that out. absolutely not cut that out <sighs> i tried to save you guys so as we picked up we know there's a whole party celebrating Darcy and Orion's divine moment, which they accepted. It was great. We had the hilarious part with Seth and <laughs> the curse of the bull shifter bovine and the whole um, the name really cracked me up. <laughs> just enjoy your final laughs, Caitlin. Enjoy the final laugh. I know. This is the last last bits of them. I'm really clinging, clinging um, hard. So anyways, Seth well, Caleb is really jealous of Seth and Rosalie, and he thinks that they're hooking up. And he actually goes and like stalks Rosalie, only to find out that she's hooking up with one of her pack mates. And so then Caleb barges into the room where Darcy and Orion and Seth are sharing a room, and he thinks that Seth he thinks that Seth is actually having a threesome with Darcy and Orion because Seth went to bed early, and Darcy and Orion, of course go into the room making out all over each other because they're still feeling the effects of their divine moment and they didn't notice Seth and then Darcy gets her hair caught in Orion's zipper and Seth is like oh hey I'm here by the way I can totally help you like solve that problem because apparently it's a problem that Seth has had before I love Um, that Seth was like I got you yeah he's like I've done this before you just need to put the hair in your mouth and like pull on it softly so he's helping them out when Caleb barges in and he thinks Seth is giving Orion a blowjob. Oh my god! Which he is not, and so then Caleb that was like, "So funny!" It was it was hilarious. Caleb grabs Seth. He's like, "You know what, dude? You're my fucking source, and we're going to bed." And so he like forces him to sleep with him and forces they in air quotes. Yes, because um, you know Seth was so disturbed Upset. by that. Anyways, so they kind of have a 
reconciliation of sorts, even though their friendship is still kind of weird. So anyways, the war council reconvenes the next day because they're planning on closing the rifts where Lavinia the war is. war council? Yeah, it's the war council. Are you talking about the Scooby gang? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know we were calling them that. They Well, they call themselves the war council. And they will forever be the Scooby gang. Whatever you want to call them. So anyways, they're going to plan to close the rifts to make Lavinia and Lionel vulnerable because Lavinia can't, like, I don't know, grab any more shadow magic from the shadow realm or the shadows from the shadow realm. Whatever we're calling that. Darius is super impatient and he wants to strike at Lionel as soon as possible. And he tells Tori that he wants to do it because he knows that if he does that, he'll finally be worthy of her. Tori's like, that's not how it works, dude. And he keeps bothering Gabriel just hurt my heart. I know. He keeps bothering Gabriel for Gabriel to like tell them a time when they can go strike at Lionel. But Gabriel's like, uh, the rifts are in a bunch of different locations. Um, and he actually is able to get some stardust. And so they split up into, I believe, four different teams to go and close the rifts. So Seth and Orion are going to the desert. Jerry and Darcy are going to some other one that I can't remember. Max and Darius go to a cavern. Gabriel's going to go with his family to close the northern rifts. And Tori and Caleb are going to handle the one that's in this weird canyon. Um, So they use the binding needles that they got from Orion. And all the groups go and close their rifts, which is suspiciously easy for them to do so. Yes. However, like that shadow baby, suspiciously easy. Yeah. I'm still not over it. I feel like Red babies, flag. Are, babies are gonna Red be back. Mm-hmm. So, hello, daddy. <laughs> oh my god, don't stop. <laughs> you were supposed to do it first of all, the creepy voice and be like, hello, daddy. <laughs> Hold on, let me warm up my voice and be back. <laughs> hello, daddy. <laughs> Don't forget, you asked for this. Killed. That was terrifying, and I saw it coming. I will say, like, I thought you needed more time to to warm up your voice. I and know. You came back. I was not expecting that. <laughs> and that's not even as deep as it can go. That was great. Oh my god. Gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> that that needs to be our that needs to be our sound bite for when we promote the episode. <laughs> oh, sorry, people. Man, with, between that and flesh tentacles, like, we're really just all the cringy words. It should be like a special Halloween edition where we do a smash up of the cringiest things we've ever said. Oh, we could. Well, not a bad idea. So what I want to call out, again, all the groups go and suspiciously easily close the rifts. Tori and Caleb go to the canyon, which is the ravine of Kragoon. Kind of looks like Crab Rangoon. I together. thought that too. Yeah, that's what exactly <laughs> what I thought you said. <laughs> Ravine of Cragoon. I wonder if they were eating crab ragoon when this happened. And supposedly an ancient and forgotten tribe of fae supposedly lived there. And Tori kind of felt eyes on her while they were closing the rift, but nothing happened. Anyways, I call okay. that out because I feel like that's going to come into play later on. I Did anyone think immediately, I'm like, these are the ancient... Fae or the nymphs that learned how to live without sucking on the fae mag- magic that we heard about prophesized in one of the prophecies yeah, yeah, yeah. that came our way. I thought so too. Mm, I did not, that. but I could think, yeah. Going on record immediately, I was like, it's them. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming into play, I think, in book eight. Mm-hmm. Um, the one okay. that they're making up right now. Exactly. So maybe they're listening to the podcast and taking it into consideration. <laughs> like, what did Caitlin say again? Ah, yes. <laughs> Put that in. Crab ragoon, cragoon. So 
whatever, they all end up going back. And Darius, again, he's ready to go. He's ready to go kill Lionel. He's like, I'm going to go do this. By the way, just for timeline purposes, we're like in, I think sometime in like the fall. Winter hasn't started yet. Kind of like early fall. And so then, anyways, going back, Darius like, let's go. I'm ready to beat Lionel. I don't have like enough time. And he kind of lets it slip to everybody that he made that deal with the stars back in book six that he only had a year to live. Hasn't he also been begging Tori to get married and then like before this? um, He's asked her to get married. Yes. But when he got back from like making the deal and he met up with her in the barn and he was like, hey, let's get married. And then she was like, "Uh, can we talk about this like in 15 years after we get used to this? So... Anyways, everybody is shocked. The heirs run up to him and hug him. Orion's mouth just dropped. Somebody went and got Xavier and Catalina and they come running over. Tori does what you would expect Tori to do, which is she punches him in the face and she runs away. And I think Darcy goes after her. And everybody just kind of understands now why Darius has been behaving the way that he's behaving, like using those spells to keep himself awake why he was so pissed off when Tori and Darcy left during the summer to go, you know, get trained at the Palace of Flames. And it's just, it's really shocking. And his like declaration, why I kind of speak today, declaration. Declaration? Yes, of love towards everyone. (laughs) Makes sense. Now why he was like, if I'm not around, you know, because I'm going to be so busy killing Lionel, but if I'm not around... I want you to do this. So those random things where everyone's like, yeah, 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 okay, fine. Like, tell me after you're done killing Lionel. Makes sense now. Mm-hmm. So eventually Tori comes back and, you know, she like, they talk about it and they decide to make a promise to themselves. And he says, like, I won't allow this fate to pass. She says, neither will I. And so they made a promise to each other that this wouldn't happen. Was it a star vow or no? I guess it was because there was a clap of magic. So there was a star vow or and she used a crystal. I'm trying to like I'm in the part, but I can't talk and (laughs) can't talk and skim at the same time, even though I haven't been drinking. But anyways, they decide to have that star vow. This fate won't pass. They have a lot of sexy time. And then he tells her, you know, marry me. He proposes to her again. And so they move forward with their wedding. And my favorite line about that. Sorry to interrupt. One of my favorite lines, and if you're getting into it, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. But when she says, so you ready to become a Vega? And he's like, what? No, you'd be an Acrux. And he's like, she's like, no, no, no. I don't have this world works. You take the last name of the more powerful Faye, Mm -hmm. which is me. And I love that that like shocked him. He's like, huh, all my life. I thought I'd be the most powerful one. I guess I'm not. He says, my lips parted in surprise as she said that, and I realized she was right. My whole life, there had never been a prospect of there being a mate for me who could be the more powerful party. So I had always assumed my any wife of mine would take my name, but her claim was true. Bro, just destroy me now. I, I can't. Um, I'm not ready for the end of this book. Oh, my God. Hold it together. Hold it together. We're not there yet. So anyways... Tori's like, yeah, let's get married. But she really wants like a no-nonsense wedding. So yeah, they move forward with their no-nonsense wedding, even though 
Geraldine is able to like do these amazing things and Tori gets married in this beautiful red dress but she doesn't allow them to have like any type of like vows or anything she literally walks up to the altar and she's like I take this man as my husband and then Darius is like I take this woman as my wife and that's basically it pretty awesome so basic but so romantic (laughs) I thought it was a very appropriate for them Tori it was thing to do appropriate and it was just they've already had so many love declarations and so many trials like what more do you need to say right if it was true to themselves because you know like darius in his other wedding he had to do the full like white dress walk down the altar a church and blah 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 and now he finally got his girl and they got married how they wanted exactly okay so we are at the point where the shit has hit the fan so they're celebrating the wedding while at the same time they're getting ready the rebels ready to go and strike at Lionel and so they're kind of like having this pep rally and Geraldine is forcing the twins to go around and bless all of the rebels and basically be like I bless you I bless you and the people are like yes my queens whatever Um, they've made a bunch of so funny phoenix infused power weapons for everyone to use and so it's just you know there's a lot of commotion going on I don't know if we mentioned this back in the first recording, but when Caleb went to go see his mother, they set up a system so they could communicate to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like we did. Caleb gets a message from his mom via the notebook that says, Lionel has summoned us to his manor, but something is wrong. He has Hadley and the others and won't let us see them unless we go to him. I fear what he is planning. So Caleb freaks out and the heirs decide that they're going to go to the manor and see what's up with their families they can't really see the twins in the crowd so they decide to like go without them and then the four heirs sneak into a crux manor and when they get there they just know that there's a really bad vibe around the place they can't tell exactly what it is because they're kind of like going in the back way to avoid like the detection spells that Lionel of course has but they get into Darius's old tower room. There he has a random bag of stardust that he claims. And he also has an old atlas that has been charging all this time. And so they're out there kind of like scoping out the scene. And they see that there is a weird rift and that has been opened. And then their family members are tied to that rift. Imagine it like they're feeding the riff. So they're tied to the ground and it's like their wispy souls are kind of being sucked into the void. Or their blood. Because it's the tiniest little bit of blood and they're being given like blood replenishing potions. And so they're finding ways for them to use their magic. So Antonia is like running on a treadmill in her wolf form. Tiberius is feeding, you know, off of everybody's emotions. They're bringing random people so that Hadley can drink from them to replenish. Anyways, they're using their magic and it's creepy and terrible. Bridget, you were going to say something? I was going to say that like when I was reading it, I was p- picturing, you know how like um, in Harry Potter with the Dementor when they're, he's at the lake mm-hmm. and you can see it like coming around and like just literally sucking his essence yep, out from sucking him. sucking the essence out. I was picturing that, but with like a little bit of a red because you said it was blood, but yeah. So they find out that has happened. That's going on while they've been gone. So then back at the burrows where the twins are blessing the people, there's been a huge 
I don't want to say explosion, but there's a super loud bang and they realize that they're being attacked by Lionel. So the twins decide to like go out, lead their army, children and like older people are being sent towards the back. They have a bunch of- This is it. This is the battle. The battle has- the battle has started right now. And it's chaos and they weren't necessarily prepared, but they're going to move forward with it. Um, so they go and they're leading their army. Xavier decides, you know what? Fuck Lionel. Fuck my dad. And he goes off and he tries to fight Lionel one on one. And he has a like Phoenix fire um, horn helmet so he's kind of attacking Lionel he gets a few hits in but then I think if I'm remembering this correctly Lavinia helps Lionel grab Xavier with like his shadow claw at this point because remember it's not a shadow hand because Lionel's in his dragon form and so he basically overpowers Xavier he tears his wings um and he's basically like (laughs) I'm just uh he's like driving Xavier into the mud Back in the tower room, the heirs are Hold trying up. to make come up Let's with a plan. Discuss that one more time. Lionel I don't want to discuss it. <laughs> has ripped just... the Pegasus wings off of poor sweet Xavier. Like little Xavier, who is trapped in a tower like Rapunzel, and him letting Rapunzel. down his hair was him flying out of his room for the first time, and all he ever dreamed about was flying in the clouds in the sky with his pack. Just got his rings wings ripped out from none other his wings ripped out and i ripped out my heart his father fucking lionel who brought him into this world and tortured him every step of the way and apparently was like i'll bring you out like i'm really over this whole shadow hand bullshit as well like and i'm really over lionel not being able to fight his own battles and always having that bitch Lavinia show up and just save the day for her little daddy i think lionel xavier could have taken him is my Fully, yeah. All my money would have been on Xavier. He, he was getting did. in some really good kicks. He almost did. All right, well, um, let's, let's move on because that's part one of the yeah. Oh, so going back to like when the heirs were leaving, my entire thought process when this was happening, I was like, "Don't you leave without going to tell Tori?" Because they left when him and Xavier left to go to the campus to save the Pegasus. He left without telling her, and when she he came back, she was pissed. And they were like, you can't do that ever again. And he agreed that he wouldn't like just run off without telling her. I knew something bad was going to happen because he ran off without telling her on their wedding night. You cannot just run off. The gang does not break up because shenanigans ensue. Go ahead, Hilda. Scooby gang stays together. So back in the tower room, the heirs are trying to come up with a way to um, save their families when uh, Darius gets a call on that atlas that was charging and it's Gabriel and he's like, Lionel's attacking us, clearly, you know, getting you guys out of here or calling you guys over to Acrux Manor was a ploy. But anyway, Sirius, if you don't get back here within like five minutes, Xavier's going to die. There's only one way to save him. And so Darius doesn't want to leave the heirs, but he knows he needs to go back and save his brother. So he's able to stardust back to the battle and he turns into his beautiful golden form and he starts fighting Lionel. And gonna just skip ahead here and just get it over and done with. And yeah, he so he's fighting Lionel and it's a it's a really good fight. He gets lots of really good hits in. At one point, they both have to go back into their Fey form. And and Darius tells him that he's married Tori and that, you know, 
she's his queen and that he's bound to her. Stop. (laughs) And Lionel, Lionel, like, loses his shit. And he, and Darius has Lionel in, like, pretty compromising position. I think he's, like, choking him out. Lionel's gonna die, but he pulls a sun steel blade from his pocket um, and he stabs Darius in the heart. And yeah, and so this is happening in Darius's point of view. And he's he's in shock. He can feel his life like leaving his body. And and yeah, yeah, no, this was as terrible as I'm making it sound. And it was a really, really, really I need a hard- second. Yeah, she needs a second. I didn't so- know if I wanted to be pissed off or cry when I was reading this because I was like, if he had just shut up and just killed him, he would not gotten stabbed because he would have just done it already. So I was mad at Darius. I was crying for Darius. I think I cried more when Tori found him. That's when things really – because I think to me at this point, I'm like, oh, uh, yes, he was stabbed. But like my brain was like, but there's got to be a way out. There's an out. There's got to be I a way like, out. I was like, this is not happening. This is not happening. This is not happening. And then I think when she came to look for him after, she kept asking, oh. where's Darius? Where's Darius? And I was oh, like. Oh, God. So terrible. Keep hold on. Hold on. Because all this other shit is happening. Okay. So. So we've got, just to recap the, the count here. I was going to say body count, but that sounded really bad. But to recap, we've got Xavier, who's been stripped of his wings, very injured. Darius no longer on this earth. He was skewered like a kebab. Oh my god, Bridget! <laughs> I thought we could joke about that now because you guys literally said. I mean, Astrum I feel like barbecued. we could, but I had no emotional attachment to Astrum. Look, when I feel sad or awkward situations, I just joke. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so in the other portion of the battle. Darcy and Orion are fighting together and she is fighting like a crazy woman. And I know that we mentioned it before um, that Darcy has been like exhibiting all of like this weird anger. She's been feral. Um, that has not been part of her personality. And so they see Lavinia and they're like, you know what? We're going to go do this. We're going to go take her on. And, and they do, they take her on. They cut her down from the weird shadow tower that she's on and they like incinerate her to the point with the phoenix fire so that she's just bones and so they think they've won but then those bones and flesh start reforming and lavinia comes back to life because you know that shadow bitch couldn't have been killed so easily and so so yeah so they don't kill lavinia and then lavinia basically tells darcy or she takes over darcy and she's like oh yeah that thing that's inside of you that you can't access your phoenix anymore that's because you're now a shadow monster and so basically darcy transforms into this terrible shadow monster it's revealed that she's the one that's been killing all of these random rebels that the only thing they have in common is that they've talked shit about orion when he was power shamed and she starts in this shadow beast form killing some of the rebels that unfortunately have been around to witness her transformation. Geraldine sees what's going on. No. Freaking out. She runs to try to save Darcy and Orion because Darcy starts attacking Orion in her shadow beast form. And at one point, and this is in Geraldine's point of view, shadow Darcy grabs Geraldine and basically um, chomps on her in her shadow beast form. 
And um, oh god, I think I was more upset reading this. I don't know. Everything is so upsetting. Every part is so yeah, upsetting. Yeah, like I like I don't even know how to talk about this because it's it's so chaotic. You're shifting from point of view to point of view to point of view and like none of these point of views are good. Yeah, there's none no resolution either. It's not like, oh, I got chomped on and then I got medical aid. It's like I got chomped on next POV. So we're not circling back to Geraldine's story for a couple more chapters. So luckily, by the grace of I don't know what, Geraldine does survive and she's taken you know somewhere to be safe she um, is but i will say i feel like they waited way too long to confirm I, that geraldine was alive so after I was she got holding chomped, my breath this like entire time after oh. she got chomped i was a hundred percent sure that she was dead and i remember i was reading i closed my kindle at that point I like just I closed it. I think I texted you guys that something really terrible had happened and I had a good ball for at least five minutes because I really thought Geraldine was dead. Luckily, she's not dead. She is severely injured, but she is not dead. Darcy manages to get like some semblance of control over the shadow beast and she goes back into like Darcy form. Orion is there and in Woodson probably what is probably one of the like most heart wrenching parts of the book he like starts oh, projecting all of like these memories of like their relationship to like try to get her back to like her fey form and she when she i guess is back in her fey form um we see that she doesn't have the silver rings around her eyes anymore and we think that she's become mortal and obviously if she's immortal she can't stay in the um fey realm and she basically runs away from the battle because she doesn't want to risk hurting any more people. Because um, obviously she feels terrible about all the people that she killed previously before she knew that she was a shadow beast. And obviously she feels terrible now that she killed a bunch of rebels as the shadow beast. So fucking Lavinia. Obviously this is traumatizing because we realize that Darcy was not able to get rid of the curse. It did not disappear. Lavinia made it worse and... Of course, Lavinia is like cackling and rejoicing in all of this. That fucking shadow bitch. Going back to the heirs. So it's Max and Seth and Caleb. Um, they're trying to come up with a plan. They realize that they are next door to Stella's house and that they probably can find a binding needle there um, since they probably have a bunch of dark artifacts. So they send Seth to go distract the nymphs that are on site um, and Varda's there as well. And Seth, um, I'm sorry, and Caleb and Max are going to go to Stella's house and get the binding needle. They show up at Stella's house. They talk to her a little bit. They realize she kind of has this weird conversation where they play or Max is able to subdue her by playing up on the fact um, that she's jealous of Lavinia and that Lavinia has destroyed a bunch of things in her life. And they're able to knock her out and grab the binding needle and try to get back to a crux manner. Um, Seth is pretending to be Lionel, although he can't remember fully take on Lionel's look because Lionel has a bunch of like anti mimicry spells on him, but he's able to project his voice as Lionel, but eventually he's discovered and He's trying to like run around. He eventually gets captured by the nymphs and Vard. Max and Caleb go use the Binding Needle um, to break the Shadow Rift. But something, I believe, nicks Caleb 
And so he starts bleeding. And so he's tied to the stupid rift. Like it starts sucking his power out. Um, when Max goes to grab him, something nicks Max as well. So he starts bleeding. And so essentially it's revealed that it was all a trap. Um, Vard is there being super smug because, you know, he set up this trap. So as far as we know, the heirs and their parents are stuck feeding the rift so that Lavinia has power. Back at the battle scene by the burrows, Tori is leading her portion of the army. She sees Alejandro, remember Diego's uncle. Um, she goes after him and she kills him, luckily. One, one, death good we, thing one death we can celebrate. But at that point, she realizes that there should probably be a retreat. Um, so she calls for a retreat and she starts going through the battlefield. And that's when she finds Darius's body. And let's pause there for a second. After Darcy runs away, Orion goes to Lavinia because he wants to kill her. And he basically ends up making a deal with Lavinia um, that she can use him however she wants for three moon cycles and then she will release Darcy from the curse. Something along those lines. Clearly that's going to play into book eight in some way, shape or form. Oh yeah. Um, We'll talk about it when we talk about the ZA predictions. So then Lance goes off with Lavinia as her prisoner. Gabriel- God, this book is a dumpster fire. <laughs> it really is. Gabriel, of course, well, not of course, but Gabriel feels really guilty that he can't see the shadows and that he couldn't see this attack. And so he feels horrible. And while this is happening, though, he's having like an influx of visions because there's so many outcomes and things are constantly changing. And he has a vision of Tori finding Darius's body and because she's distracted, Lionel is able to come up behind her and bind her and kill her. And so Gabriel does the only thing that he can think of to do, which is to change that path. And he arranges to confront Lionel. And then Lionel realizes that he is Marissa's son, the little boy that escaped. And Lionel says that he's in need of a powerful seer. Um, so he takes Gabriel captive. No! Why did I forget about this? I also have forgotten and blocked out the pain of this. Like I, I completely really forgot. I I didn't forget this. I don't want to spoil anything, but we know that Gabriel lives because we've all read Ruthless Boys and the epilogue of Ruthless Boys. And I actually feel like having Noxie and Oreo together, which I'm convinced they will be, is a good thing. So yeah. I am yeah. not so sad that Gabriel left with Lionel because he saved Tori and he's going to be with his homeboy and you know those two are going to figure out a way to fuck shit up for the shadow bitch and her fucking daddy. They're going to hug their fucking daddy. <laughs> so <laughs> they're going to they're going to hardy boy something. They're going to come up with some scenario and the two guys are going to get get their way out of it. Yeah, I, I don't did, know what they're going to do. I did but, forget that they are that that happened, which is I did too. I just like oof. of course the two men on my RH are just All right, just, let's do a quick recap again. So we've got Xavier down for the count. Coming with the play by pace recap. Could just 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 so you know what you're reading as the blows keep coming. Xavier has no wings, he's out. Bruce has been chomped on. She's out. Shadow Beast ran off to the forest. Darcy. Shadow. Okay, yeah. 
Lance Orion has now been taken captive prisoner by Lavinia. Gabriel Knox taken captive captive by Lavinia. Darius. Oh, by Lionel. By Lionel. I'm sorry. Darius dead for what we know. Although I think he comes back. But so do I. And all the heirs are now trapped and stuck feeding the shadow realm. So you're like, who is left? Who is left to hurt me? Oh, we're not done. We're not done. We're not done. So we're not done. Like I said, the rebels are retreating and it's not looking good for their retreat. And fuck. I hate this part. When I tell you, I cried so, so hard at this part. And poor Hilda's struggling. She's going to take it. She's going to take Catalina and Hamish decide that they're going to sacrifice themselves and distract Lionel so that everybody else has a chance to escape. And they confront Lionel. Obviously, Lionel's fucking pissed about Catalina because, you know, she like made a mockery of him um, when she got the divorce and ended up marrying Hamish um, and faking her death. And so they confront Lionel and um, they they die, but they die together. Don't they like go out holding hands and there's like they a do. huge yeah. like and it's like this whole like Earth. kitty I love you kitty I oh, love you Hamish gosh. it's they sacrifice themselves they sacrifice and themselves I think they were people. really sacrificing themselves too to, because I think they saw Geraldine and Xavier being yeah, pulled back for behind their the children. lines and yeah. so it was for them that they did it knowing that they can get safely and which is heartbreaking because Geraldine's out of it and Xavier's out of it so they have no clue this is even happening I think one of them had woken up like right as Xavier, it was happening Xavier knew that his mother was okay blocked out blocked it out because it's, it's so okay painful. I mean I wonder if it's too late to call my therapist once I'm done <laughs> recording <sighs> probably She's okay saying, these people aren't real <laughs> so i'm still not over this i think this is like my heart goes out for catalina so much because she's just been through so much and she finally just got her happiness she finally had happiness she finally had love she finally could be the mom she wanted to be her to her yeah she finally had a family plus a bonus daughter well no she had three bonus daughters because she had jerry as her stepdaughter and then she has tori as her Mm daughter-in-law and she is like has Darcy and Lance. Darcy too. She's a teen mom. I know. I hate Lionel. I fucking hate who, him. I'm sorry. Who did you call a teen mom? Team. Team. Oh. <laughs> not a teen. No, not a teen mom. I was like, what? Teen mom? I'm sorry. Okay. So let's go back to Tori. She's found Darius. The Phoenix kiss bangle that she had given him is like broken in half, which is not a good sign. But she's like, this isn't our fate. And she grabs the Sunsteel blade and she basically... Using, I'm just going to read it. Blood dripped between my fingers, his, mine, ours. Because remember, she ripped the blade out. There was magic in that. Ancient magic, which I could feel thrumming through the air all around me. And power built inside me, unlike anything I'd ever felt before as I leaned into it. This wasn't my elements or my phoenix or any kind of magic I knew. It was raw, savage, the essence of all we were and all we'd ever be. And she's like, I will tear the heavens apart for this. I snarled, flicking my free hand and using my air and water magic to send the droplets of our blood flying up into the sky for them to feast on. She means the stars. I will shred your world to pieces and rip your hold on destiny from your fucking fists with blood and fire and vengeance for this. I screamed at them, power whipping all around me and making my hair billow in the force of it as more and more blood raced up towards the heavens. On my life, I curse you. On his life, I curse you. And for our fate, I'll end you. And... There's a weird meteor that's happening during this time and it falls and it crashes in the mountains. There's some nymphs that come towards 
Tori to attack her and she like just uses her crazy phoenix red and blue flyer to like send this weird shockwave and basically kill them. And then in his final like moments before he was taken prisoner by Lionel, Gabriel was able to release a prophecy. And as Tori's just crying over what has happened, we get Gabriel's prophecy. And I'm sorry it doesn't rhyme, Caitlin, but here it is. What kind of Bobo prophecy is this, Gabriel? (laughs) When all hope is lost and the darkest night descends, remember the promises that bind. When the dove bleeds for love, the shadow will meet the warrior. A hound will bay for vengeance where the rift drinks deep. One chance awaits. The king may fall on the day the hydra bellows in a spiteful palace. And that's the end of Heartless Guy and Our Hearts and um, any semblance of peace of mind we may have had. Uh, uh, What what an ending. You know, I think as we're sitting here right now, having re-heard it, relived it, the the feelings we already felt the first time around, you're sort of like hollowed out again. And you're like, hmm. Hollowed out is a good way to explain I don't know how to feel about this. I mean, granted, these are not real people. They're fake people. But I have spent so many hours with them. And you, dear listener, have spent so many hours of us talking about them. So it's hard to not care for characters. Like, I was emotionally invested in them come book two. It's like book seven. The episode, remember in Game of Thrones when it's like they do that final battle with the White Walkers and the Night King Mm -hmm. comes and you're like, this is it. Everyone's going. Like, you just know something's going to happen. I feel like not as many characters died as happened in this book, but still it's that anticipation, the trepidation, and the nervousness as you're reading this because all of your friends are falling. So when we look back at who's left standing, we have Tori, who is heartbroken, and an injured Geraldine and Xavier. That's it. That's our – that's the the plan to bring everyone back. And Gabriel's family. And Gabriel's family, which – I hope that they I hope that there's more that they do there because we haven't really seen them as much and so it would be really nice to see them outside right. of the Right. I don't Rachel's think they've been specifically said who his family is in this book yet. Uh-uh. They we've met characters but they've never been linked back to like this is X, Yeah, y, there's, and Z. there's a lot well, of Easter eggs between We've met back his and- friends. We've met his friends. Quote unquote yeah. friends. Yes. Yes. Right. There's a lot of Easter eggs back and forth. So, if um, you can't imagine we are waiting eagerly to see how this ends and we're really hopeful 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 for a really good happy ending yeah. i think we should take a moment of silence for our fallen people like i do like the trumpet burr 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 taps burr 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 oh um, my gosh so we will have an episode that we plan to release closer to the release of the book where we're going to be talking about our theories and predictions for book eight we're going to give it some time, obviously, before we talk about that, because one, we need to emotionally prepare. And two, but, as we get closer to the publication date, we know that the sisters will give us um, some snippets that we can work with. And um, I feel like these predictions are hopeful. It's us being optimistic on how does the gang, how does the Scooby gang come back together to get out of this? I don't know. I have no clue. Not yeah, a clue um, how they get out of this because they're kind of fucked. But there's got to be a happy ending somewhere. Stella is going to be is going to sacrifice herself. Hey, save it for the episode, man. Yeah, yeah I know. But I just yes. like, I just know that's going to happen. And then, honestly, I'm really – Noxie and Oreo together. The dream team. Like, like I know they're going to do something. They have to. We're 
you know, we'll hope for the best. Um, with that being said, to our fabulous listeners out there, if you have your own theories and predictions and you want to send them our way, we will read them out during the middle of our episode where we, you know, do the theories and predictions. So, yes. so please DM us on Instagram. You can find us at booktalkmademe underscore pod. DM us, say this is for the theories and predictions yay eight episode and we'll save them and store them all away. Um, because hopefully by this point you have a few up your sleeve as well would love to see what you guys think does it line up with we think is there something we missed that maybe that you caught let us know so please dm us book talk made me underscore pod also this is our last reminder to say hey please rate us review us and like us and wherever you're listening this through so whether it's apple music spotify we'll take any review any review we can get although we'd really love it to be five stars and we'll give you a shout out so if you leave us a review we'll give you some shout outs and some love for giving us some love back in return well, any last thoughts, gals? Um, yeah, I'm emotionally damaged. Yeah, I'm just trying to, you know. I'm like back, back figure to figure out how to feel right now. I'm gonna pop a zanny and go to bed because that's <laughs> the only way I can see it happening. Everyone needs a day off tomorrow. All right, guys. I well, wish. thanks for making it through it. Heartless Sky taking us three episodes to get through because it is so much, but we cannot wait to see what happens in ZA8 and love the series, even though it brings us so much pain and tears. We love this world of Solarian. Can't wait to see what happens to our twins and our favorite favorite couples throughout. You know where to find us. Make sure you DM us, show us some love, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.